The lesson here is very simple, but it is striking how often it is overlooked. We're so caught in the myths of the best and the brightest and the self-made that we think outliers spring naturally from the earth. We look at the young Bill Gates and marvel that our world allowed that 13-year-old to become a fabulously successful entrepreneur. But that's the wrong lesson. Our world only allowed one 13-year-old unlimited access to his time-sharing terminal in 1968. If a million teenagers, teenagers had been given the same opportunity, how many more Microsofts would we have today? So that was from Malcolm Gladwell's excellent book, Outliers. I love his work and thrilled to be joined today by old Alt-MBA alumni friend of mine, Catherine Atkins. Catherine, good to have you here. Hey. Hi, great. I appreciate you having me, and I'm very excited to be a part of your project here. So, yeah, uh, yeah let, let's talk about books. I All love right. it. Well, you, you picked Outliers, so I did. we'll talk about this time. So, yeah, why don't you kick us off? Kind of tell us, why'd you pick that one? Well, I okay, I'm, I got to tell you, honestly, I am a Malcolm Gladwell fan from way back when. Nice. Um, I think I first saw him in 2004 when he did the crazy TED talk about spaghetti sauce. <laughs> and that's a, that's a really cool one. And then from there, I just kept picking up his books. I, you know, I, I got the, um, the book about David and Goliath. That was a later one. I, I read Tipping Point. I read Blink. Um, uh, what the dog saw was a, a later one that was a conglomeration of his different Hmm. New Yorker um, articles. I never saw that. Uh, cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, and there's like 19 articles that he compiled into this book, and it's it's still Malcolm Gladwell. I mean, mm -hmm. it is Malcolm Gladwell. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, he's who I want to be when I grow up. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. He just does a great job. And and in this particular book, I think um, the kind of the first quote that I thought about was on page 18, if you will. Um, there's something profoundly wrong with the way we make sense of success. And it's sort of to your point, everybody thinks uh, Bill Gates just walked out and became a success overnight. And um, and I, I think that's pretty much what Malcolm Gladwell wants to tell us, that that just isn't so. So um, yeah. yeah, the big thing I got from the book was, was that, but it was also kind of like he said in that first quote, it was a lot of luck. I mean, other 18 year olds mm -hmm. or whatever didn't have access to the computer he did in the 60s. He got super lucky to have that. And really the main story when people ask me about outliers, I always go back to the hockey players. Um, mm -hmm. And so I'll, I'll read a quote from the book here where it says, the more he looked, the more Barnsley, which was Canadian psychologist Roger Barnsley, came to believe that what he was seeing was not a chance occurrence, but an iron law of Canadian hockey. In any elite group of hockey players, the very best of the best, 40% will have been born between January and March, 30% between April and June, 20% between July and September, and 10% between October and December. It's just the way it works when they have leagues, you know, the, the oldest kids are the biggest ones, so they get more help and more training and become even better skaters. And even if you're a very talented player, if you're born later in the year, you're younger and smaller and don't get the attention. And so just the month of your birth can make a big difference on whether you might be a pro hockey player or not. And that's kind of like the Bill Gates thing. And just how do these outliers spring up? And he did a fantastic job of highlighting some of that. I think he did too. And um, I think I think he's he's really good at saying in relation to that, that people don't rise from nothing and that's that's about their abilities but i think there's so many other factors like their birth date or like where they were born or when they were born he goes a lot into the events that were happening surrounding a person's lifetime um, to to some of the other areas where uh, people just have uh, money when they were born yeah. and some people didn't but uh, he also talks, I think, later on in the book um, about how much, how important it is for people to have grit. And I was thinking of um, 
Angela Duckworth's grit book. She he never really says grit, but it was certainly clear that um, he was talking about the young people that had not had the successes. Uh, Schoenfeld was uh, somebody at, from Berkeley that he pulls into the book. And the Schoenfeld uh, says, it's not so much ability as attitude. And that success is a function of persistence and doggedness. So even though the hockey player was born in January, which gives him a huge advantage, I also feel that Malcolm does not want to have anybody discount the fact that people still have to have that stick to to stay with the problem and right. see it through. Well, there are hundreds born in December that still made the pros, and there are millions born in February that didn't. So, yeah, it gave you an advantage, but wasn't a ticket, you know. Yeah, yeah, well it said. wasn't a slam dunk. Yeah. Yeah, the thing I heard, so Seth Godin, who we both follow quite a lot as well, yes. talked about in the practice about talent not being the same as skill. And he said in the practice, you know, talent is something we're born with. It's in our DNA, a magical alignment of gifts. Skill is earned. It's learned and practiced and hard won. And it's insulting to call professional talented because the talent may have gotten so far, but it's the work that did it. And so... Pulling from back from Outliers, a longer quote from Malcolm about that I thought was fascinating. He said, for almost a generation, psychologists around the world have been engaged in a spirited debate over a question that most of us would have considered to have been settled years ago. The question is this, is there such thing as innate talent? The obvious answer is yes. Not every hockey player born in January ends up playing at the professional level. Only some do, the innately talented ones. Achievement is talent plus preparation. The problem with this view is that the closer psychologists look at the careers of the gifted, the smaller the role innate talent seem to play and the bigger role preparation seems to play. So again, he talks about, yeah, talent is, is one thing and it'll get you talent and being born in January will help, but you got to work your butt off if you're going to make it in any of these things. Yeah. And that, that also always brings me back to where I first heard the 10,000 hour thing that okay. he, he talks about very often in the book about the 10,000 hours that these people put in, including Bill Gates, mm -hmm. who was 10,000 hours down in the basement um, doing programming, right. and the Beatles, however many years they were in Hamburg doing all of these different um, performances. But we saw them all of a sudden, they popped on our scene. Oh, well, it's an overnight success. Well, it's not. They right. put in, they did their work. They did the 10,000 hours. And I I even saw in one case, somebody refuted, oh, the 10,000 hours, he stole that from somebody. I don't care where he stole it. I think he, <laughs> I think Gladwell's, his true talent is bringing things to us that we hadn't heard before or in a, right. a new way. And with his platform and who he is and how he approaches these scientific uh, topics that make it so that all of us can engage them and understand them. That's yep. his true gift. That's his outlier, his outlier gift. Yeah, I was never going to read a study from Canadian psychologist Roger Barnsley. I was not going to stumble across that, so I'm glad Malcolm brought it to us to share with us. And exactly, absolutely. exactly. Yep. And then you mentioned, yeah, things like Bill Gates. You know, he was fortunate to be at the school that had a computer terminal, but he also put in a zillion hours. Like I remember reading, I think the parents had put together enough money, so the terminal they had to pay by the hour to connect to the mainframe. They put enough mm -hmm. money to last it about a year, and him and his buddies burned through that time in a matter of weeks. And the parents had no more money, so they had to burn through more of their time to try to hack it and ended up selling some of their security stuff to the company for free computer time. And like he put in the work. I mean, having it was a huge stroke of luck. For Bill Gates to have that there was undoubtedly amazing luck. But then he put in the hours to really learn it. And that was the what really rose into success. Yes, yes, I, I, I totally agree. And I think that as as people look at the the, the people that are successful today, 
I, I, I'm jumping a little bit ahead, but I think that sure. one of the things I would like to see is how this book and the statistics stand up to today's world. This, hmm. this book, yeah, this book was written in 2008, published in 2008, um, making it 15 years old. Right, which is crazy. Yeah. <laughs> I know. What would the statistics look like today? Are they, are they different? Are they showing different things? And um, that would be something if, you know, Malcolm's listening. Hello. Uh, <laughs> you want to you take some of your old your old books and, and maybe do a, a, a reboot or, you know, put them into his podcast, his revisionist podcast that he's doing now, which is really cool mm -hmm. uh, to listen to that. Um, he's still a player and he's still so relevant um, that I think it, it's it's really important to read some of his older work and then apply it to today. The Tipping Point or Blank or any of those right. uh, have such good good things to say about when they were written and what they what they say now. Yeah, for sure. It'd be interesting mm -hmm. to see. Yeah, take like find the best AI researchers in the world today and then run demographics and all them to see were they all born in the same area? Do they have certain like why did they become the best? Like what were the innate things behind it beyond the work they put in? But were there Things about what month they were born or what can, school they happen to go to. What, what other sort of things play into that? That'd be that would be fascinating to see. Yeah. Today yep. with that new stuff. Yeah. Let's see another another quote of his that kind of plays along with this. Just kind of adds on to it. But he says, "Practice isn't the thing you do once you're good. It's the thing you do that makes you good." And I think that's again an obvious thing that's been said a thousand times before. But just yeah, hearing him say that in light of these other pieces makes sense. You know, you say, "Of course, Tiger was practices. He's a pro golfer, but he's not a pro golfer because he practices now. He's a pro golfer because he practiced." you know, 10,000 hours in his teens, you know, that sort of thing. So that exactly. was exactly. a big push in that sort of thing. Yeah. And I also think on page 209, because I have these all written out, um, <laughs> Good. Success, is, success is tied to where you're from. And mm -hmm. I think one of the things I even saw one of the uh, critics was saying, you know, you can't just blithely th say that all South Koreans, um, if you want to fly on a jet with the South Korean, you're going to be more likely to crash. Um, but he, he Gladwell does almost say that on one of the pages that because of statistics, you are, you are likely to be um, in a crashed airplane because of a Korean pilot. That said, do we still have a huge difference because we were born in America versus somebody that was born in Korea? I, I, we, we all have cultures that, that come from where we are born, from the, from the country to the part of the, the city, even where we have a yep, different sure. outlook. Um, and I think Malcolm uh, does talk a lot about those differences um, and how they play into people's success. Um, so I, I think that's, I think it's something that would be difficult also in today's society to say, to, to divide people that way say because right. you're born here you can't do this um the horatio alger is though still alive and well in, in the united states i i believe gotcha yeah it is interesting i don't think it's people saying you're born somewhere you can't do something but you just don't have the opportunities and don't become good at it like given mm -hmm. how i was raised i could have been a great basketball player just because my, my dad always had a hoop in the driveway and had access to play rec leagues and all stuff i never was but I had a huge advantage over other people that maybe didn't have a hoop around, didn't have the ability to practice as often. And again, just by pure luck of where I lived and who my folks were and stuff, you know, you get, you get advantages that are hard to overcome again, back to Bill Gates. I mean, most of his peers, you know, 99 plus percent of the people his age had no computer to play with in the sixties. And so he just had that advantage and 
that makes a, a big difference in what happens. And it's I think what you luck do with it. Play, you said it earlier in the conversation, luck plays a lot of, oh, of yeah. advantage to people. And we don't we don't want to think that luck it plays so much, but it it, it actually does. I mean, mm -hmm. um, we we all have little aspects of our lives that we say, "Wow, there's just I'm lucky to be born in America," or "I was lucky to be born in California," um, and I um, it, I liked living in Atlanta, Georgia for a while. <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, there, and there's luck versus and that's chance. Good too. Seth Godin talks about that a lot too, where there's yes. chance is like very random, but luck, you sort of make luck yourself. Luck is kind of preparation plus chance. I mean, there's still some degree of, let's say, luck in it, but yeah, it's, it's a, a different thing. So yeah, yeah, chance is really what matters, but you sort of help make your luck. Yeah. The, the quote, let's see, the quote I have here from my blog, I don't know if I took this from them else, but chance is out of our control. Luck includes a degree of chance, but is also affected by our curiosity and hard work. So like my business partner, mm. Allie, she seems to get lucky a lot. Things just seem to work in her favor. And part of that is chance, but also she prepares for things so well. She makes sure she's by the right people and has things in place and it just sets it up for success. And then when it all works, yeah, a little chance was involved to make things come off so well. But it was the, mm -hmm. the work she put in mm -hmm. to make that luck happen to happen over and over again. So, oh, but it's so it's I have to say I have to put attitude in here. And oh, Malcolm yeah. does talk about too. attitude, but it's an attitude of glass half full. Mm -hmm. It is so trite, but the way people approach life is uh, creates a lot of their luck, which is kind of mm -hmm. what you were saying. But when, when you go into a situation and you're expecting something good to happen or somebody good that you're gonna meet or some situation and you're open to that, your yep. body language, your attitude, your demeanor is all kind of open to that, uh, which, which still there, there's a lot of that in outliers that the people were Yes, they were in the right place at the right time. Yes, they had the upbringing. Yes, they had the background, but they also had a, a stick to itiveness and a positive. I'm going to do this, mm -hmm. and it worked for yeah. those outliers. Yeah, yeah, that's well said. Yeah. Anything in the book that surprised you that as you were reading, you're like, "Whoa, I didn't expect to see that." I guess I wasn't so much as surprised as I was um, put a little put into a box by the statistics that I seemed that I, I thought were uh, kind of overboard and proving his point. Um, okay. I, I could criticize that, but you know, guess what? He's trying to make a point. So he, he does want uh, his readers to be with him on this. And as a matter of fact, in another, um, in another article I read is his, can you hear me? Yep. Yeah. Okay. Uh, that his attempt isn't to persuade, but to engage. I thought that was really interesting that that's what he wants to do with his readers is he wants to engage them. And mm -hmm. I, I think part of the criticism for me was that he went a little bit, a little overboard in the persuade side of things. He tends um, to, yeah. Uh, and that's okay. That's part of what I want. Well, I want you convince me of your point and make your argument. Exactly. And I'll agree or not, but yeah, give it your best shot. And yeah, he does yeah. a good job and, of that. And he does. And he engaged me and he persuaded me because, you know, I'm still, I'm still a Gladwell fan. Anything he writes, I'm going to read it. And that's yep, for sure. That's, that's, <laughs> that's where we all want to be. Um, and you know, the other thing I want to say too, that was surprising to me uh, that somebody that I read said he this is almost an apology. It's an apology for his being successful. Hmm. That he he's a, he's saying, 
you know, at the end of the book, it's a very personal story about his his mother and his grandmother, and that he came up from this very, very poor beginning to being who he is. And the book kind of took us from the, the beginning, which was a, a wide swath down to the very personal end, which hmm. I thought was really powerful. I hadn't thought of it that way, but yeah, I like that. Oh, yeah. Almost, almost uh, autobiographical, somebody said, um, that he he was an he is an outlier and he had to sort of write this book to to make him feel like it was okay to be an outlier gotcha. <laughs> I don't know. all right yeah yeah yeah, yeah. and considered that i like that how about yeah. anything you disagreed with or disappointed you that you just said ah if he had not done this piece or done this piece different it would have been a better book well i i think um I think probably the Korean pilots one was a little, that was the only thing that I thought was a little too narrowing for an entire group of people just to take that mm -hmm. huge swap and say, you know, those people have uh, a lower power um, distance index um, that Americans have a very high power distance. No, is it the other way around. Anyway, whatever it is, we, yeah. yeah, we can go into a room as Americans and, I, I, this is really cool because as a woman, I think a lot of women feel like they have to be deferential. They used to be back in the day. Now, not right. so much. But even so, <laughs> um, I, I think we're learning that you don't have to be quiet, that you can stand up for what you believe in and stand up for your rights. Yep. And uh, I think that was the critic uh, that said that, you know, not all Koreans are that way. And I think especially nowadays with uh, social media and so much open uh, in the space that that's not so much the case anymore. Yeah, well yeah. said, yeah. And I, I've seen some people disagree with the hockey stats saying it's not true everywhere, which is fine. I mean, it doesn't have to be true everywhere as long as it's true often enough. And then it wasn't part of this, but you know, the 10,000 hours you mentioned people have argued against that at some, in some cases, but again, I think as a general rule though, it's still accurate. You know, it still kind of works for what it needs to be because it, it's generally, it might be 8,000, might be 15. It's going to depend right. wholly on you, what you are, what your talent is, what your inclination is, what the activity is, but it still kind of works. So, I mean, generally okay. speaking, I didn't have any, I didn't have any disagreements with what he had in the book. I know others did, but I still took it as, even though that may not be perfect, it's still great to understand like that hockey thing still just blows my mind. If I had been in the stands that day reading the thing, I might have noticed there were more Januarys and Februarys. I'm not sure how I would have I would have gotten to the answer why that was though the way he did. So being able to explain that was great. That's very cool that he could take those statistics and pull that observation out and 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 people could go, whoa, that's amazing. And to be clear, it was had... Barnsley that did that, not Malcolm. But Malcolm yeah, shared but it with he... us. I wouldn't have known it without right. him. So yeah, exactly. Yeah, that. Yeah, and that's that's where he 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 thrives. Um, and make bringing things to us that we can read and, and, and access and yep. make good sense of. Yeah, yeah. And the last thing I always like to discuss is whether people should actually read this book or if this is enough, they should skip it. And I think, especially for these early episodes, we're picking fantastic classic books that I think everyone should read. So I don't think there's much question that if you've not read this before, you absolutely should. It's a fantastic piece of work. I think it is too. I, I, I love it. And, you know, the thing that I looked at is... So here are people going, gee, this is a 300-page book, whatever. And there's there's the argument that if they don't have time to read the whole book, they could read a summary of it. I want to ask you that, Mickey Mellon. You are, I think, somebody <laughs> who who reads summaries. What would you say on this one? Is this a summary book or is this something you should read? Yeah, uh, that's a good question. Through? This one I think you need to read all the way through because the stories themselves are what you need. I mean, you can't read just the snippet of the story and, and get it. You need to see the story. Some things just getting the stats and the summary works. But yeah, this one I think would be a very poor, poor use of that.
Good, so. good. That that's good for for people to hear um, because they <laughs> might go, oh, maybe I can just I can just slip through it and just read a little bit and snippets. But yeah, I, I I'm glad you said that. I agree. Yeah. And he does not with this one necessarily, but he does. And I don't do a lot of audiobooks, but he does some of the best audiobooks around. Some of his newer ones, like when he has quotes from people in the book, he has those mm -hmm. people reading the quotes and almost makes it like a whole interactive <sighs> podcast. It's fantastic what he does, even though I'm not I don't do a lot of audiobooks. I support him. It's still reading. There's that argument, yeah. but it's right. still good. So yeah, he does yeah. fantastic. But Catherine, cool. where can people find more about you? You write as much as anyone that I know. So where can people find some of your writing and your work and connect with you? Okay. Um, my my website is Catherine at CatherineAtkins.com. It's very difficult. It's first name, go. last name. Yeah. Yep. Um, and I'm on LinkedIn. I'm on uh, Twitter, now known as X. Uh, and I don't I do, don't do a lot with that, but you know, that's there. A little teeny bit of Instagram. Um, the, I think the best thing about my website is all of the books, all three of my books can be accessed from the website. I have two pretty cool book trailers that have uh, music. Uh, awesome. One of them is me playing the piano uh, from my book, My Piano Hands. Okay. And so, so that's kind of a, a nice thing that I wrote during COVID because I thought if I die, <laughs> I will have, <laughs> it's a memoir. It's a flash memoir collection. Awesome. And uh, so it's my piano hands and it's me playing the piece that I, that I wrote and um, it's, and the music is in the book. So that's, awesome. That's so yeah, CatherineAtkins.com. So awesome. Yep. Well, thanks yep. for joining me today. This has been, this has been great. And yeah, go, go check out outliers. If somehow you've missed it to this point. Oh, God, it's a good book. Thanks a lot. I really appreciate you having me on the show. Thanks. Yep, thank Mickey. you. Take care.